fellow travelers, welcome to the 114th level of the RPG Cave. I am one of your hosts, the level 199 Dark Lord Ryan Turford, and I am joined as always by the level 99 Battle Alchemist, Dr. Garrett Blaine. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Monday evening? We're back, even though We're back. I guess we didn't really go anywhere because we, you know, we no. did have, they just, just have a normal show last week. But Yeah, yeah, we just had our normal show. Um, I, I have two facts. Uh, for you today, Ryan. They're non-weather related, so okay. I'm, I'm going to lay it out there. I'm interested. Um, so uh, earlier, I went to Whole Foods. You know, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Right. Went to Whole Foods, and, you know, I was just, you know, getting directions or whatever to, to the Whole Foods place that's nearby. And what I noticed, zooming in, like in Whole Foods, just see what's around the area, the building right next to it, is Discord headquarters. I'm not oh. even kidding. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, that's where they are. And you know, they have all these tech companies kind of like yeah. meandered around this area, and they're like kind of just there. They kind of just, oh, it's it's just this random uh, warehouse type of looking building that actually is filled with offices and, and computers in it. Oh yeah, it houses one of the you know biggest you know gaming chat network out there now is that why so. discord went down today garrett because discord bent down earlier today and it was was it because you walked by the discord office it broke everything it, I they may, just couldn't how are the pandle yeah. how are the bandle the power yeah. of the bland explosion i probably you know went full watchdogs too and hacked into everything of course you know went to the you know sneak by the discord headquarters yeah that's exactly what i did but my second fact of the day is ryan I am I'm back on the 2DS XL. You know, I've been playing some Mario and Luigi, but I've also uh, joined up PSVG Lunch Club for Mario Golf. That's right. Mario Golf. The You know, we only have online for like, I don't know, a few more months or something like that. Yeah, it's coming so, to soon. Very soon. So, yeah. So we so Donnie, you know, in doing his last hurrah with his lunch club if anyone doesn't know mario golf on 3ds is probably the best mario golf game um out there now it's at least one of the mo- for like the most modern takes it's certainly better than the switch mario yeah. golf game <laughs> that, 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 that's an understatement garrett yes yeah so um i i had so much fun just like jo- you can literally just join in the tournament have a tournament code look it up on nintendo shack on twitter or, or discord or whatever the code's there, and then just compete with me and Donnie and Winter Gamer and all the other peeps there going That's in That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, like I, I saw Donnie post the, the code uh, over the weekend, but I just hadn't had a chance to, to jump in yet. So definitely, folks, head on over to the Nintendo Shack. In fact, if you're not following the Nintendo Shack already, what are you doing? Do just it. Just go follow the Nintendo Shack on Twitter. Yes, they're not an RPG show, Garrett, but they, they talk they about talk RPG to- sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how much they talk about those games anymore. That's true, because actually now that yeah. you're not there, it's it's I mean, Devin doesn't really play a lot of RPGs. Donnie certainly doesn't like it's well, Rebecca by herself, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And she plays like, you know, the Sea of Stars and Super Mario RPG, probably. But that's like her, her extent. You know, she doesn't really right. get into like. Uh, open world action RPGs or, or Fire Emblem or anything like that. We're so, not asking her yeah. for the takes on the Trail series at this point. No, we're not. <laughs> I, I would. Uh, she'd be like, what? Huh? What, what? Yeah. Never heard of it. That's all good. It's all good. Well, I know she all listens good. to the show. So shout out to Rebecca, by the way. You're shout awesome. out. But um, anyways, Garrett, 
speaking of that, first of all, thank you for the fun facts, by the way. I yes. appreciate I appreciate it. As someone who always gives out the fun facts, I do always love receiving the fun facts in return. Garrett, so thank you yeah. for that. Well, um, you're welcome. But uh, of course, we got to clean out the dungeon because, you know, we got to get to that final boss at some point because, you know, at we're, some we're, point. we're not going to let he's not going to get defeated himself or anything like that. So, folks, if you're watching the show, write me out over at YouTube.com slash Carpool Gaming or if you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to hit that like button, smash that subscribe button and then let us know in the comments below uh, what your dream RPG crossover is um, or what you think about uh, Star Ocean or anything else we talk about on tonight's show we would love to hear from you also if you're listening on audio feeds don't forget to rate us if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify you know maybe leave us a nice apple podcast review maybe leave some comments over on spotify or the main thing is of course hitting that subscribe button if you're listening on podcast feeds um also if you want one big podcast feed with the entire carpool gaming cinematic universe on it head on over to our patreon patreon.com slash carpool gaming um and in fact garrett this kind of leads us to the next thing that happened this weekend um that you and i were not at but no. uh we got to watch and and be part of it the whole weekend with the community of, of course. course garrett um extra life happened this weekend uh in rome new york even though it's technically herkimer you know rome new york is what we will what we will refer to it as henceforth mm-hmm. Um, but of course, um, just because game day is over, Garrett, that does not necessarily mean, um, the work has stopped for us to, you know, continue mm-hmm. to raise money, um, as we'll obviously be continuing to take, uh, donations for the Salary Children's Hospital Foundation until the end of the year. Um, so if you haven't gotten your donation in and you want to get entered for, um, the remaining prizes, cause we do have some remaining prizes to be drawn. Um, we've given away a lot of the the main prizes here. We've already given away the keyboard. Uh, the mm-hmm. stuff remote control that's behind me. Uh, I gave we gave it away to Quagmire, Garrett, and oh, uh, nice. Quagmire is going to be here in Toronto on Saturday. So I'm actually going to be just giving him the controller on Saturday. So that this will be the last time on the show. That's super cool. The Starfield controller will be in the background. Of course, we'll be playing Starfield Pass with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even have an Xbox at this point. So. Oh well, you can just keep it. It's it's okay. It's a very beautifully designed controller. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can um, play on PC with it, of course. Of course, and I know also, Garrett, we're working our way towards this nine thousand three hundred and ninety-six dollar goal. And the reason why <laughs> I bring wonderful. that up, in particular with this show, number one, that goal would make it so that we are at one dollar over what we raised last year. But additionally, this unlocks you know the Jar Jar twenty twenty-three shirt giveaway, which is awesome. Of course, people want to you know hop in on that, or you know we're giving away some limited edition merch. But additionally. Garrett, we have a prize at this level that unlocks that is, you know, uh, very tantamount to this show in particular, because Mm. um, we will also be giving away a copy of Star Ocean, the second story, R's collector's edition for the Nintendo Switch. If we reach this goal of $9,396, currently eBay prices for that collector's edition at this point, Garrett, uh, over $700 at this point. That is insane. um, They made like a thousand of them and they sold out in 10 minutes. So of course they did. <laughs> yeah. Not enough. Right. Oh, and it's, man. it's very pretty. It comes with like the soundtrack for star ocean. Um, it also comes with the game itself and then like a big art book and stuff like that. Um, so that's a, a prize we will be giving away to, to one lucky winner, um, provided of course 
we meet that goal because that is kind of the, the stipulation we got going on here. So um, oh. there you go. So obviously, again, if you haven't donated yet, um, please consider donating as well. Um, over on uh, extra dash like extra dash life dot org slash participant slash carpool gaming, all that good cool. stuff. I, um, I, I, I just one question for the like collector's edition giveaway, whatever. Is it like ten dollars per entry still for? Yeah, for those? still yeah. still ten dollars mm-hmm. per entry. So Tony Baker's racked up a lot of entries. Yeah, um, for that prize because he he's our, our top donor at this point. Um, but yes, I mean every ten dollars gets you an entry into the contest. Cool. Thank you very much, Garrett, for for clarifying that. And like I said, it, that goes until the end of the year. So if we hit that goal sometime between now and New Year's it'll still count and we'll be give that, giving that prize away to one Super lucky cool. winner. And again, I will be very jealous whoever wins that because uh, we're going to talk about Star Ocean in a second, but uh, I think uh, I think that's going to be a really good prize for someone. But also, Garrett, I want yes. to shout out, first of all, Sean, Seth, and, and Amanda of for course. putting on an amazing show this weekend over in Extra Life, you know, staying up the full 25 hours. No one fell <laughs> asleep this time. Not even TPR year. fell asleep this time. Garrett, if you can believe that's it. crazy. Does he yes. normally fall asleep? He he did he did the full eight hours of sleep the year before, with like oh. a shower and everything. Oh so, wow! Yeah, he's so, living the dream there. <laughs> of course. So obviously, you know, everyone kind of ripped him a little bit. I felt bad for him a little bit because <laughs> we made fun of him a little bit too much. But uh, no, so it was a it was a really great time. Of course, we have an, that archived on our Twitch panel, our Twitch page. If you want to go check that out, twitch.tv slash carpool gaming live. But mm-hmm. additionally, Garrett, I wanted to shout out the fact that they actually did a D&D campaign, a one shot D&D yes, campaign, um, which we actually posted up on Patreon. So if you missed the live stream of it, which actually is still on YouTube, if you want to go check that out. Um, the reason I wanted to bring that up here, Garrett, is because it is RPG cave themed in a way where it's even though it's a D&D campaign, you know, we our characters are weaved into the story. It that definitely they go is. On. As well as the RPG cave is a physical place they visit. So, And I just want to shout out Seth for the amazing campaign he made yeah. for this. Like it just encompassing the RPG cave and carpal gaming lore, the very deep in, into this game. So if you are a carpal gaming fanatic, you definitely need to watch or listen to this. Um, yeah. It's it's full of fun. And and of course, uh, some great players with it too, Sean and Amanda there. It was, it was all around great fun uh, yes. watching it. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the audio is up on Patreon, but you can go watch the video version. In fact, I would actually encourage you all to actually watch the video version instead because you get to see everyone in person. And that's a truly yeah. special thing. It's, we just don't get to do that all that often. In fact, Garrett, you and I still have not met in person at this point. We're still, we're still, <laughs> we're still waiting for that magical moment where we'll be able to, you know, make the trip to Kroger or HEB together and maybe go pick up. Some oh my groceries. gosh. Are we going to meet up in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly they've got the best grocery stores, Garrett. That, what can Man, I say? HEB. Let me just, I, I just want to <laughs> shout out HEB in this. Yeah. I, I hope we get sponsored by them to be honest with you. Cause they have That'd the be awesome. best prices, best groceries, of any grocery store I've ever been to. And I've been to Pennsylvania with those giant eagle bowl crap, whatever that is. I yeah. don't even know. You can't even sell alcohol in grocery stores in Pennsyl- in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, you, can't. you couldn't do that in Canada until like last year. Oh, percent. really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because we um, had like a, we had a company, uh, a government run company called the Beer Store Garrett. And that's the, that mm. was the only store in Ontario you could legally buy beer. From, interesting was the beer beer store 
Yeah, when I grew up in Texas, it was soft. It, it was, you know, like soft liquor, like like beers and wines and stuff. You can sell at grocery stores and then liquors at a separate store. Um, but uh, and then that kind of law just kind of just fade away. You know, you can put some hard liquor in there. Uh, California, of course, the most libertarian, most progressive of them all. You just just throw all the alcohol in there. But yep. man, in Pennsylvania, it's just like, no, you're going to have to go straight across the street and you're going to have to pay like, you know, the certain amount of tax above. And it's it's kind of crazy. Well, because Trader Joe's, you know, the place I go to a lot other than Costco, um, they sell good beer, cheap beer and and cheap wine. And you can't do that in Pennsylvania. Because and then okay. they just get, they just give up. They're just like, no, I guess we can't sell it here. Kind of sucks there. So that sucks. Anyways, um, but yes, back to I mean H E B gear. We'll go there. We'll buy a tub of Bluebell ice cream, and oh we'll my gosh, go you like speak of my language. That's what I mean. That's what I trust me. I I know Garrett. I know Bluebell. Yes, it's the best ice cream. Um, but uh, also huge shout out to the entire team behind the scenes. Uh, for their work for Extra Life, as well as everyone for for coming. Um, again, it was a great event, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, Garrett, maybe hopefully next year, both of us can find a way to be there next year. Hopefully, that would be cool. Hopefully, that would be cool. we'll see. But uh, there you go. That's all. That's all the things I wanted to shout out. So let's go on an RPG side quest, Garrett, because um, before we get into the main topic, um, originally this week. I had meant for this episode to be kind of a, a, a like a review discussion for Star Ocean, the second story R. Um, mm. That didn't happen. I'm still planning on trying to do that for next week. Um, so so stay tuned for that. Um, that's that's what, what I'm looking at. Um, but I want to give my quick thoughts, Garrett, because I played it over the, a, a lot this week. In fact, a huge thank you to Scrodix for providing a code for, for Star Ocean, the second story R. Um, this game, Garrett, was very fun. Like it was a game mm. I was already looking forward to um coming into it and after playing the demo, which I really enjoyed. Um and I especially knowing the PlayStation 1 game and how good the PlayStation 1 version of Star Ocean the second story is. But man, they nailed it with the remastered so much. Cool. Like you can definitely see it in the reviews that are out there as well. Um, but I love um the like the combat system is very fun it feels very much like the tales series in a lot of ways where you know it's mm-hmm. got that very fast paced action uh action rpg combat um of course the characters are well written and and well voiced um the world is really beautiful to explore and i love kind of the art style cuz it is it's not hd2d but it's trying to emulate the look of the original game so it almost feels like you're playing like a a 3d super nintendo rpg yeah well it's it's 3d assets in the background and then it's two it's 2d like pixel art for the characters like literally yeah exactly like it like it it, again it feels like like it really felt like playing like a very old role-playing game in all the best Mm -hmm. ways like all the ways that i i really enjoyed of course it's got some great music and great visuals so yeah i i highly recommend star ocean the second story r for those that are on the fence definitely try the demo because i think the demo will give you a good gauge as to whether or not you'll actually probably enjoy this game but like i could not put this game down garrett from the time you know i had access to it to the time to the time i finished it i was like i had a million other games i could be playing but mm-hmm. all I was playing was this because I couldn't stop playing it. Like that's how much I enjoyed it. So you gotta love, uh, you know, that, that type of, um, you know, uh, not obsession, but just like what you're really into it. Like once you yeah. get into a new game and you're just like, 
man, I can't stop thinking about it. I just want to, you know, keep on going with it. And and I, I'm glad you had uh, such a good time, especially this is a, you know, slightly nostalgic for you too, because you, yeah. you played the original one, right? As well yep. in your and big Star also, Wars fan. I don't know mm-hmm. if you knew this, Garrett, but you can actually enable the original soundtrack in this game as well if mm-hmm. you don't like the arranged version. So you can you can have an even more nostalgic experience by mm-hmm. using like the PS1 soundtrack, which actually still slaps. It's actually still mm-hmm. a really good soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why they included it actually in the, the collector's edition, because you have the soundtracks for both the arranged versions and the classic versions in, in that collector's edition. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like it was it was really fun to go back to because like I'd played the second story, you know, fairly recently, like a couple years ago for the first time. Um, wow. and really enjoyed my playthrough there. Like it's not super, like it's not nostalgic enough. Cause I didn't play it in the PS one era. Um, but it was nostalgic to go back to it. Cause I hadn't played like replayed that game since I be- played it for the first time. Um, and it still just really holds up and they do did some interesting additions with this version. So it's not exactly the same. Um, but but all the additions that they added to it are really good, especially like there's some end game stuff to the game um, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Like there's some late game dungeons like there was a, a an infinitely difficult late game dungeon in the original version of the game. Um, but they added even more content to this version, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, they even have little nostalgic things like um, the character portraits in like the status menu. Um, you could, you have like the brand new, you know, hand-drawn versions of each character. But if you want to be really nostalgic, you can actually switch to the PS1 Star Ocean um, character designs or the, the, the PSP version character designs, which we didn't get here in North America because that was a uh, Japan only and Europe. Only oh, I see. Release. Yeah. Um, so is it only this, version there's no like here's a classic version of the game at all yeah there's no classic version of the game it's okay, it's only okay. this version but honestly i don't i don't think you at after this like this remake is so good I honestly don't know if you even need to go back to the original version at this point no, unless you want to unless yeah. you want to play it for game preservation needs like yeah, yeah i totally games. understand i i recently played that atelier remake of, yeah. of the first one um and i went through it and it was fun and i think it was it was fun like the newest version of it and it was kind of revamped similar to the second story art for sure it's like 3d assets now and you know it's 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 a very you know just a chill game and then they had the like if you get the deluxe edition you can get the classic version of okay. it um which come i i think it's I forgot which system it was. It was Sega Saturn or or something like that. People will correct me on that. Um uh but it was very hard to go, go through that one. Uh and they had it, it, it they didn't, you know, it was literally like an emulated port. So right. whatever the flaws were within that game, like you could see pixels streaking on well, the Well, especially Sega Saturn emulation yeah. is not great to begin with. So mm-hmm. um it's one of the reasons why like I really hope like an, a company like Analog comes along and makes an FPGA Sega Saturn console because um, be that's the only way we're going to get like a a brand yeah, new that'd be true. Sega Saturn console. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Jarden's question real quick. Jarden says, um, or Jarden, as the the kids would say, says, uh, "Settle this: Is Star Ocean prettier than Sea of Stars?" Uh, Donnie mm. versus Rebecca. So, um, I. <sighs> On one hand, I would say that Sea of Stars might be the prettier of the two games because 
it is fully in the 2D style versus Star Ocean. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I really like the look of um, like the spell, the the, the spell effects and ever like everything else like the backgrounds like the locations look really good in star ocean the character designs are great so like i don't know that's like a tough call like it's hard I mean, to compare it's more, yeah it's more like what do you prefer like three like 2d character sprites with 3d visuals or do you care or do you just prefer like standard 2d fair yeah like, I, I would say octopath traveler and second story r and sea of stars are like apple oranges and bananas they're yeah. they're like they kind of look the same, but they really are very di- different in distinct ways. Octopath Traveler Two is a is two D pixel art in a three D space with some shading, some particle effects. It looks brilliant. I think it looks beautiful. Uh, sea of Stars really hits that two D pixel art style. Even the palettes, the color palettes, and the art design and the direction of the game and the animations, top notch. Like you don't see that very often at all. So the two D pixel art is good, and then second story art it looks great. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I wouldn't you know I don't know like I wouldn't say anything bad or complain anything about like the the look of that game. Yeah, like so, I again, yeah. I think it just comes down to stylistic choice more than yeah. anything. Like, what do you prefer, like visually? Mm-hmm. So, there yeah. you go. So, I'll so, talk about so, that more mm-hmm. next week. Um, but I wanted to make sure to get that in here because I just finished the game uh, earlier this week, Garrett. And uh, cool, yeah, that game is, is awesome. Like, I, I, I'm I played about very excited for more people to play it. Yeah, I played an hour of the demo, and I <laughs> want to go back and kind of just like finish out the demo. Um, I, I feel like I want to wait till I'm ready to get it, you know, because I want to be a little bit more fresh on my mind with it before I really dive into it. So, um, but it was fun from, from what I played. Yeah. And also I'll throw it out there as well that, you know, for people that are playing this for the first time, um, your choices do matter because who you recruit sometimes like you, you can't actually recruit every party member in one playthrough. Um, so you have to like pick and choose, who you accept in your party and who you don't. And that like makes a big difference on the gameplay. So you have to like be very mindful of like who you bring in because sometimes mm. you might bring in the wrong party makeup and the, the your, your combat later in the game will be really difficult. So mm. that's kind of my one tip for new beginners is like, don't always accept every person in your party who wants to join your party. Like think about, like the because you get a chance to play with each character first before you rec- decide to recruit them. Um, okay. So so make sure that they kind of fit in your party first before you actually let them join. But okay. Sounds good. There you go. But Thank Garrett, you. it is now time for us to read from the sacred texts because it's finally time to get to our main topic. Twenty three ep- minutes into the episode, in fact, uh, Yarden or or. Um, Hopple or whoever wants to timestamp it. This is the timestamp moment. This is when we get to when we get to the actual topic at hand. So um, I was inspired a little bit here because I wanted to do something fun this week and mm-hmm. uh, a little bit different. I was inspired, of course, by seeing uh, Project Cross Zone on my shelf because Project Cross Zone, one of the biggest of crossovers in any video game known to man, of course. And, crossing it, and over, no one knows about it. No one has yeah, ever heard of yeah, it. I, I the haven't even heard classic it. game that had three, like two games or sorry, three games. If you count, um, Namco cross Bandai as well, because sure. that's like the yeah. precursor to those games. Um, but those, those games cross over Sega, Bandai Namco and, um, um, Capcom. 
in in like the the goofiest way possible. So I, I was inspired by that because I was like, you know what? We don't get enough RPG crossover at Scarlet. Like we don't get enough series that that you know, crossover with each other. But partially because it's a licensing nightmare, from what I imagine. Um, but like. I don't know. This is an idea that I would love to see more of. So we decided to each bring two, like, like our own RPG crossover idea to the table. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, you know, how we would, how these games would actually be developed, you know, what they would actually look like and, uh, and, and uh, all the, the pertinent information you need to know to, you know, the, the, the dev docs. Garrett, we want to create the dev docs. So these get willed into existence. That's, that's kind of, the idea I wanted to come with, up with tonight. So we're going to have some fun. Oh. So Garrett, would you like me to go first or would you like to go first with your pitch? Uh, I want to go first. How about okay. that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, because we'll so. do these one at a time because we're going to go fairly in depth with it. Like that's why we only brought one each uh, in case y'all are wondering. Although I have an honorable mention one that's like so easy to, to, to kind of put together that I didn't even bother because it was too easy. So... <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I also have like an honorable mention too, but we can we can go to that later. Yeah, All right, we'll talk about that later. So, um, thank you, thank you for bringing this topic up. Um, I think it was a really interesting project or uh, thought uh, process to do uh, within my own head as well. What what would I do if uh, I hold the power of my favorite RPGs and just kind of morph them together? So, <laughs> here's the title of this game. Fire Emblem. Okay. The Wandering Alchemist and the Hidden Nation. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Atelier Fire Emblem because of course it is. Heck yeah. So we're going to cross over the awesome. I, I, and, and you know what? I Before I really get into it, I, I find it uh, very plausible this could happen. Like, yeah. like out of the all, like Western RPGs don't really cross over. You know, they don't really talk to each other too much. Yeah. I find if any crossover would happen, it's really Japanese developers because they're really a tight knit community over there. And they or I mean, of, if it, if you see mm-hmm. like a Western one, it'd be like somehow Fallout and Elder Schools wound up, you know, bound together in some way or. Yeah. Um, like Mass Effect in another similar franchise. But you're right. Like Western RPGs, like just con- conceiving these are, is a little bit more difficult. So because, yeah, I think you and I both brought Japanese role playing crossovers. It's just the, it's just easier to gem together and, and honestly there's just more of them so it's just there, e- there, an there's more of them from. and like it's it you you know how these crossovers came to be and it's like it doesn't make sense but it makes sense completely at the same time and the characters are talking to each other just like you know persona q series you know they these like hey we're just talking together now we just jumped in yeah. portals and meet meet together and it makes sense so this is how this this game is definitely going to be so it's going to be so uh, again, repeat the title: Fire Emblem, The Wandering Alchemist, and the Hidden Nation. Of course, that is a Atelier. Uh, I, this is Atelier Ryza series slash Fire Emblem, new Fire Emblem crossover. Like, okay, like that that that's gonna be kind of the layout. It's gonna be developed by or co-developed. I would say co-developed Intelligent Systems and um, man, Team Dust, Gust, Team Dust, Gust. Gust. Or something yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Team Gus, um, you're right. And then it'll be released on twenty er, you know, twenty twenty five on the Switch two exclusively, of course. Of course. Uh, I guess with Fire Emblem. Okay, so I'm gonna go through a little bit of the story first 
of this game, and I'm gonna go really in depth uh, with the mechanics. Um, and I, I think I want to bring like the best parts of of Fire Emblem, and like that's gonna be the main foundation. And then I, for me, there are some weak points in the Fire Emblem game that I think the Atelier series really uh, comes in and really uh, enhances those weak points. Kind of covers them up and, and makes them really really shine. So. The story is about, okay, you got a typical line of Fire Emblem characters. They're, they're mm-hmm. royalty, they're princes and kings and factions and nations, whatever. You got like two or three of them. Um, but they soon, you know, they have their own diplomacy. It's like, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. Um, of there is an existential threat to them and their livelihood, like all of them together. Um, in the beginning of the game, I, I hit a nation which they've never seen before, revealed themselves and basically uh, has this kind of um, kind of this advantage against them. They have like enhanced abilities with their soldiers and their army because they discovered alchemy. They themselves are like, hey, we you guys oppressed us centuries ago. We are back and we're going to now take over. Uh, this world and give us the respect we deserve so you got this hidden nation he they're coming in and they're attacking everyone and they're just getting destroyed because alchemy is like really a, a like a man advantage over just regular um soldiers in in the fire emblem uh kind of lore or whatever because they you know they just do swords and bows and that, and that's pretty much it the guts yeah you know the main characters have some maybe magic abilities, maybe related to beasts, but that's pretty much it. They don't get really too much into the magic, too much into the enchantments or, or anything like that, you know? So um, that's kind of like the biggest, like like the first part of the story. You got a time jump, you know, of course, because all great Fire Emblem games have a time jump. <laughs> because of course they do. You got to have children somehow. Uh, I, well, we may not have children on this one, but oh, you know, we can if we want. So, all the current, you know, uh, Fire Emblem, you know, nations or whatever are in complete disarray. Here comes in Riza and her team. You know, they they uh, they kind of like I I don't know how to introduce them in. They must have gone through a portal or, or what. They explain themselves out, okay? Maybe, maybe the nation that that appears, the alchemy nation, maybe they live there. Like maybe that's maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're on the journey and they they happen to, you know, go to the, get to this nation somehow, Garrett, and like that's how they yeah. get wrapped into this adventure because that because the Fire Emblem people just can't stand up to the alchemy soldiers, so that so they need to find locals to help them maybe rise up against them, kind of thing. Yeah, partially. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, they they kind of meet up Atalia Reza and her team. Like it's a right. group of like four people there, um, and like, hey, uh, we we know alchemy, and so we'll we'll try to help you out. And so um, then it's kind of really getting into the game, and so. Originally, of course, it's going to be still uh, combat-wise Fire Emblem. It's going right. to be turn-based tactic-like uh, game. You have your Fire Emblem characters, and you go turn by turn. Um, but uh, now I, I want to kind of... Uh, I, the battles I'm not going to modify too much. It's really the hub world. Because okay. I think the hub world, is it's fine in the recent one, Engage. I think it's like... It, it doesn't do anything special. Uh, Three Houses was a little bit better with like kind of like 
trying to figure out which students to like you want to bond with and has a little bit more <laughs> side activities. Um, I still think Fire Emblem Fates has one of the better um, kind yeah, of like you build the buildings yourself. You kind of have like this little hub and you customize it the way you want. And then you can have like online multiplayer battles where like, you know, the enemies come and invade your yeah. castle and stuff. Exactly. So this is going to be like that. It's going to be more of, okay, now here's the resource management part of this game. You're yeah. going to go out into these battles. And then by the end of these battles, we're going to, you know, you can walk throughout the world and gather materials. Very similar to how you do in Atelier games. You go out into the world and you gather materials, um, mm-hmm. whether it be from a tree or from an, or like the water or plants or or whatever. You get all the different types of materials. You go back and then, um, a, a, you know, Reza has her own hut, her own little Atelier uh, place uh, where she can, you know, uh build potions and then like in enchant weapons and armor that's the other big weak point i think of fire emblem is the equipment handling it's it's just fine it's not like you you kind of fit in a weapon and that's pretty much it and then you kind of have to stick with that weapon until it breaks or uh, maybe it not breaks and it'll take forever to go to the next upgrade it's like no 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 each weapon and armor is going to be crafted by reza herself it's going to be special. It's going to have its own class. The way you do the alchemy, and I, I don't know if folks, you know, in, in Atelier games, you have to, like, kind of map out certain things within, like, a puzzle, I would say, <laughs> or, like, like a grid um, to kind of make a weapon. And then if you chain it correctly, you can upgrade it. And then it goes to the next level, like the next grid. And that next grid can have full of attributes going on. You can have fire damage or you can have like a defense buff or something like that. Um, that's that's how I'd, I would really like in a system for Fire Emblem is creating these weapons and armor that I personalized and I've, I've made specifically for these characters. So Okay. Yeah. But then I have like how many because like I imagine you're going to have a lot of different soldiers. So like mm-hmm. are the, uh, like are these going to be crafted for each individual character for or for like individual character classes or like how's that all going to work? Garrett? Because I'm curious. Well, I mean, you're going to have your swords and spears and bows and yeah, I I, th- I think you're going to do it individually. Yeah. OK. Um, What Atelier does really well these days is there's kind of this automatic uh, type of like you know uh crafting where it's like if you need to make like a quick item or whatever the it, like once you've done it once you could you can quickly just press a button and do it again if you have the materials right. so like it, it, it you'll it'll be streamlined as you kind of get into the systems a bit more um but yeah i i really fully anticipate armors and weapons it's kind of individual. Um, if you really need to hook up a weapon uh, for someone, you can still get like kind of a base weapon type of deal without any enchantments. That's fine. Uh, I think you can have uh, off to the side. So, yeah. And then I, other than that, of course, you'll have base building. And I think that I, I don't want to like lean on that too much. It's going to be typical upgrades for your all of your different uh, types of functions and buildings. I don't want to get too crazy in detail with that. It's mainly yeah. the 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 hut, the Atelier hut, that's going to be the prime jewel of of actually going through this game and actually beating the soldiers there in in uh, these battles. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the main 
kind of plot so far. So what do you think? Okay. I think that sounds pretty cool. Like I like the ideas you have going on here. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to avoid picking Fire Emblem for this particular exercise was because we already kind of have a Fire Emblem crossover with um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. But I feel like you've separated it enough where it feels very different in feel because Tokyo Mirage Sessions played much more like Shin Megami Tensei, yes, whereas this plays much more like Fire Emblem. So I like where your head's at on this one, where you didn't go in the Atelier style, because then I think you'd be too close to something like Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So I like mm-hmm. that you gave it like the more the Fire Emblem with the focus on this one, because you gotta have like you when you come up with a crossover like this, you kind of have to pick one lane that the other one kind of conforms to a little bit, but you still bring mm-hmm. unique elements from it. So I think you could did a good job of like balancing this game, Garrett, and coming mm-hmm. up with um, some really interesting ideas. Because you're right, like I think a lot of Fire Emblem's weak points are, you know, the the weapon customization or even just the yes. the, the equipment system itself. Because honestly, I don't really love. The, bri- the the weapon breaking all the time um, mm-hmm. and then just the weapons not really feeling special. Like you get l- weapons later in the game that have some kind of significance. But even then, like, I don't know, man, they're just not they just don't they're hit. not special in the same way that they are in other role playing games. When you get like the ultimate weapon in even something like Star Ocean, when I because like, that's fresh in my mind, like getting mm-hmm. the all the ultimate weapons in Star Ocean for each character was super awesome. Like I loved going down that road. But even before that, like before then, like every character had their individual weapons associated mm-hmm. with those characters, and each one had like a description and and visual style of like what that's supposed to look like. So. Uh, which is, again, something that is very homogenous in Fire Emblem that you don't get a lot. So I think you're right to bring in something like Atelier that then fleshes that out a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then so I, I have a few uh, extra things I want to throw out there as like kind of sprinklings on top of this game. So I'm just going to go through a few bullet points here. Um, yeah, so have a crafting based system. Also, um, the HUD can also make specific buff and debuff potions. Mm-hmm. I don't think you, f- it's very plain. It's very vanilla environment. You got antidotes and you got healing potions and that's, that's pretty much all you got. You really right. don't have too much, uh, in there. So I would like to have some speciality with those potions, um, and I think, you know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking this, this, this idea may not be so great, but just hear me out later okay. in the game, uh, you get enough resources. Let's say you invest in like, uh, a certain kind of like, I would say engineering or, or, or something like that. You can build now bigger stuff to help you environmentally, uh, play in the battles because this hidden nation, you know, they have huge weapons and, and they're other than alchemy, they're they're pretty well sophisticated. And so yeah. they have war plane not planes, but like floats. They got like, let's say, Gatling guns and and like kind of like this class, like not exactly like a futuristic robot, but, you know, steampunk. it's like steampunk. Yeah. 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 So you, you can have enough resources to finally implement your own type of uh you know of those type of siege weapons i would say they're siege weapons they don't go very far they don't like kind of like yeah go anywhere throughout the map but they they do help you and they help you fight against what's what's on the other side uh majorly so that's another thing i wanted to add in there 
Yeah. Now the siege weapons, you could even position them like the fire emblem bosses where they have like multiple jewels of life that you have to like take down. Yeah. Um, like you could, you could have a lot of fun with that, with the combat as well. Like build that in the combat in some way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then of course, Riza can be recruited as a fire emblem character. Okay. Be its own character in alchemist, have its own special abilities and effects. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool. I have her own. You know, let her have her own side missions and her side story within the game. That would be cool to have, of course. And then um, I think, hold on, also, oh, yeah. And then Risa can also have, let's say, um, you're upgrading, you know, weapons and armors and potions. You have, like, kind of the skill system where, like, okay, you can do some base uh, weapons and armors and potions. And then if you invest enough, you could be pretty special in one place. Like, okay, now I can do like third or gold level tier weapons, you know, kind of like a skill leveling system going on with Risa. So, um, I think that's pretty much it, man. Nice. So, so then question for you then, because you only mentioned that Risa is the, the only character is like, that's the only character you'd bring over from Atelier. Like have it, you're having the cast be more like the fire emblem cast with her Mm -hmm. almost like a, 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 an additional character. Yeah, and I think, you know, her team can be part of the story. There's like three other or four other characters there. Yeah, because you don't really have that many. Like, uh, uh, Atelier games just aren't ensemble games, so it makes sense that you wouldn't have like a ton of characters or anything. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't flood the gates because I think Fire Emblem on its own and their characters are pretty special. Mm -hmm. Some and great relationships and great story writing. I don't, yeah, I don't want to mess with that. It's really just like, let's add in some of these characters from this other universe and kind of flare up the crafting base building mechanics of of Fire Emblem. Yeah, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Dude, that sounds awesome. I would play that game. If they came out with it tomorrow, I'd be like, yes, please give me that game all day long because I love Fire Emblem. I'm not over the moon with the gameplay in Atelier, but like, fusing that world with fire emblem would get me way more into it i think mm-hmm. so yeah. i think so too I, and also fire emblem engage uh i forgot there's some involvement of team gust uh yeah with fire emblem engage. well yeah they did the, the a lot of the visual design like the, character the visual designs. design yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that 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 like relationship's already there you know yeah. yeah yeah that'd be cool uh, yeah because that's a lot of stuff you kind of have to think about when when combining these franchises too like because yeah, i wanted to, of course it's good to add like a sense of like could this realistically happen in a way? But, well, there you go, Garrett. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, made a Fire Emblem game, Garrett, because yes. we somehow made rival games. We didn't oh, even talk about dang. this ahead of time. We didn't talk about like what franchises or what style of, of RPGs we wanted. But it just so happens, Garrett, that we happen to make our like rival strategy role playing games. So here's my crossover. Are you ready for this? This is like I'm ready. Probably one of the most Ryan Turford things in the entire world. Has nothing to do with Parasite Eve, by the way. That's a first. It's something oh, yeah, everyone was probably expecting. <laughs> but, it, but also, like, what RPG franchise really does Parasite Eve really cross over? It'd be better to just wait for... Persona for, 3. <laughs> it's, it'd just be better to wait for Resident Evil to finally dip their toes into RPGs to cross it over there. But, probably. Um, Garrett, here is the title for my rpg pitch and of course i mentioned to garrett before we started the show i have a two and a half page dissertation design document planned for this particular game because i thought a lot about this one um the title is tales of the shining force 
Tales of the Shining Force. So the Tales series crossing over with the Shining Force series. And I know the Shining Force series is not around currently. They don't currently have a new game other than the mobile for Shining Force game, which I haven't played because it's Japan only at this point. But I feel like this would be the way we get Shining Force back, Garrett, as they do a crossover like this with a very popular franchise with a studio that Sega has worked with before because, mm-hmm. you know, you had Shining Force characters and Tails characters in Project Cross Zone. So oh. you did, there is a little bit of an established motif here. So there is, you know, the, like a repertoire for these studios kind of partnering together. And I think Bandai and Sega partnered a bunch of things, you know, in the mm-hmm. past. So mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't, you know, surprise me to see, you know, Sega and, and Bandai teaming up for a game of some kind. And not only that too, like, like I, I see the motivations from both companies be like, well, Sega for them, for Sega to be like, well, here's our way to, you know, get the Shining Force series back, especially because that Fire Emblem game is pretty popular. People like strategy role-playing games, like strategy role-playing games are on the rise. So this is maybe how we dip our toes back in um, by working with like a, an IP that everyone in Japan knows. And by Namco, the way that they look at it is, well, you know, hey, the Tales series um, we want to maybe branch out with the tail series a little bit and try some different stuff with it. Like maybe not have like you still have the mainline games, but maybe you want to do like a, a spinoff game with the mm-hmm. tail series because they they haven't done one of those in a long while. The last one we got was on the PSP with Tales of the World, which was like a like a more of a turn based tails role playing game that crossed over all the different tails games together with like the the protagonists from each one in those games. So. But it's been a very long time since they've done yeah, something like that. Like you've only really gotten the mainline standard style Tales games ever since then. So this would allow them to branch out a little bit. So the story synopsis, Garrett, for this one is that um, first of all, this this takes place in the Shining Force universe. Yes, okay. it will involve characters from the Tales games, but it the, the but this will involve locations from the first three uh, Shining Force games. So, of okay. course, it takes place in all the a lot of locations you're probably familiar with Garrett, from even playing Shining Force one. So um, one day without warning, a third jewel of power appears on Grand's Island. Now, the jewels of power, Garrett, for in case you don't know, they're from Shining Force two and they're kind of like a the major okay the major component for summoning the villains in Shining Force 2 and releasing the seal from the, the big portal that is under Grand's uh, island, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that, that, that's why the main um, city in that series is called Grand Seal, because there is a big seal underneath the city that when the when these jewels are removed from their podium, it opens up this portal to another dimension. Q in this is of course is where the 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 tales characters come in because when the jewel is, is stolen by a mysterious figure it opens a dimensional gateway teleporting heroes and villains from the tales universe to different parts of the shining force world so grands paramecia cyphers and rune and of course you'll be visiting all of these places throughout the course of your journey um the main villains for this game are actually going to be uh volran from tales of arise um who was of course hellbent on revenge against alfin who's going to be one of the main heroes of the game um he teams up with zeon who is like the the big um demon entity from shining force 2 he's kind of like the big bad guy that that organizes everything um and basically they have a bunch of minions that are coming together and they devise a big plan to take down the heroes of the land 
So again, I, I went very, very like traditional crossovery kind of story, like something that, you know, just doesn't need to make a lot of sense. But no, you know what? It just works. And who cares? Is kind of the way I look at it. Because, um, yes, like there will be some some great narrative beats, but I'm also like trying to, to with this game in particular, I wanted to make it feel like more of a traditional crossover game in a lot okay, of ways. Cool. I, yeah. I like it. I like it so far. Um, are, are we going to get into what the is it? What kind of combat is it? Oh, you better game? believe it, because I've got oh, a dear. whole one page mechanics document to go over oh, here. We're not going to again, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but I love that. I, I of course, like because once I start came up with this idea, Garrett, I just started writing. You just went for it, man. That's awesome. Writing. So um, obviously strategy role playing game similar okay. to Fire Emblem, but the catch is because the Tales series is an action RPG and not a turn-based role-playing game. I wanted to do away with the normal uh, Shining Force grid system. So this will, game will no longer be on a grid like the traditional Shining Force games. Instead, each character, um, when, you, when they take their turns, because you'll still take turns in random order similar to Shining Force, mm-hmm. but your characters will have like a free field of... Um, like, oh, a, like almost yeah. like a circle area that they can ex- that they can run around in the field on, um, yeah. similar to the Tail series, because the Tail series is very much known for that, where you g- each battle you're going into like this small little battlefield, and then you're kind of running around the area and attacking mm-hmm. the enemies. Mm-hmm. So while you're not doing that, because it's still going to be a turn-based game, I wanted to you know explore that idea with with the you know the the actual battle arenas themselves rather than the combat. So. Still going to be turn-based, but you'll have, you know, areas of cover and things like that. So you have to almost like a Mario and Rabbids kind of experience where, you know, maybe the archers can't hit you from long range if you're hiding behind something. Or maybe the, you can't be targeted by wizards if you're, you're, you know, hiding behind a barrel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to incorporate some of those elements into this as well. Um, again, I've been playing a lot of, you know, tactics role-playing games lately, and that's just something I've actually appreciated more that's that games do now like i like the grid style games garrett but i'm i'm starting starting to actually really appreciate the strategy role-playing games that go outside of that that mold and do more of the xcom thing so yeah yeah that's yeah. something i wanted to inject into this a little bit and kind of modernize it over doing like a classic strategy role-playing game cool. um now the characters themselves are going to have individual abilities and depending on what what series they're from they'll have a different set of abilities. For example, the Shining Force characters will have more of your normal style strategy role-playing abilities that you, you you have come to know. Like, you'll have standard magic attacks, you know, bows and arrows and things like that. Whereas the Tails characters, um, I wanted to, to make them feel different with the way you play them. So instead of having normal spells, uh, your characters will have access to arts, which, of course, are the mm-hmm. skills in the Tail series. Um, but the way I wanted to make it feel like more like the Tales games is that the arts are slightly less powerful than the abilities that the Shining Force characters have. But the advantage you have for the Tales characters is you can use more than one art per turn if you use them. Okay. Or likewise, you might want to chain a standard attack and then an art together. So then you basically have two actions in a turn instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that plays in, adds like an extra level of strategy you can have on top of that. Um, because you could also, in theory, like move towards the target, use an art and then maybe move behind cover. Whereas a shining force character might have to, might not be able to do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
but obviously you'd, you'd have to balance the characters correctly. But again, I wanted to add some of that feel to it. Um, likewise, when you go into the, you know, Garrett from playing Shining Force, you go in every time you initiate a battle, you go into that little thing where the camera kind of spins and you have like the two characters side by side, like the attacking character and the defending character. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make it feel more like the Tales games where in these little battle scenes, it won't just be one attack and then from you and then the, like the enemy taking the hit and then it disappearing. Mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. to have like multiple attacks that happen during that little thing. So if you do, you do an attack on an enemy, you attack the enemy multiple times, they'll take multiple points of damage. Um, and likewise, if they counterattack, they deal multiple like damage multiple times as well. Mm-hmm. Just to, again, give it more of that action. y kind of feel to it. Is this still like more of just an animation within that? Or is there? Yeah, it's still an animation. Like you're not controlling okay. it. Okay. But it's but it but it plays out almost like an action scene from a Tales RPG. In a okay, way. cool. I like it. Yeah, because it already because you already kind of get a little bit of that in Shining Force anyway. So I'm just like put, nudging it a little bit more in that action feeling direction. Cool. I mean, from, yeah. 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 Um, now the characters as they level up, Garrett, because of course, if you remember from Shining Force, one of the important things in Shining Force is promotions. And you don't really have that in the Tales series. Well, I'm bringing promotions to the Tales series for the very first time. So, of course, at level 20, because, you know, level 20 will be the character cap. uh, And then um, you can promote to an extra class and then get an additional 20 levels. Um, Of course, with the the Shining Force characters, they're going to be pretty, pretty traditional um, because a lot of the character because were you going to be having heroes from across the Shining Force games that already exist and they already have their promotions kind of mapped out a little bit. We can, Mm -hmm. of course, tweak them a little bit, but for the most part, they're going to feel very similar to what you kind of know for those characters. But obviously with the Tails characters, since this is the first time we're doing this with them, a lot of Tails characters throughout the game will have some kind of time jump or some kind of situation where the characters will kind of evolve a little, like they'll have an evo- a different kind of look or different mm-hmm. skill set. And then that's how they'll, that'll tie into the promotions. Like, um, like Alfin, for example, like the maskless um, upgraded version of Alfin will be his kind of promotion versus um, the, the, the look he has at the start of Tales of Arise will be what the character starts as in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and cool. going from there, the each also additionally, each character will have a, their own individual skill tree. Um, I won't make it too complex because there's going to be you're going to be recruiting a lot of characters in this game. Um, but each character will have like a, a small skill tree. Um, so then you, as you level up, you have you have some points that can fill in, fill in and they'll kind of branch in like three different paths for each character. So you can really customize your characters to kind of fill your need in the party cool. because you're not going to be short of characters in this game because there's going to be over 50 recruitable characters oh across goodness. both the tales and the shining force series including uh bowie sarah, sarah and chester um from shining force 2 max may and low from shining force 1 velvet crow alfin and shion from tales of arise lloyd irving and colette from tales of symphonia um, Jude and Milia from Tales Exilia, and a whole lot more. Of course, there's going to be secret characters that you can secret only characters. unlock by doing different things. Um, you also will have secret promotions, Garrett, where you can only promote to specific um, special classes if you find a specific item in a Does side it quest. Like Suikoden. <laughs> Just like all the characters and or this is big, but this is also what Shining Force is like because Shining Force Two because I know you haven't played it yet, Garrett. There's like mm-hmm. sixty playable characters in Shining Force Two. That's so much, <laughs> but you can't, but you can't, but you can't recruit everyone in one playthrough, and um, you can only bring like twenty of them into battle with you. So 
um, you're kind of you're you're kind of forced to like pick and choose your favorites in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, and then also speaking of you know how you're going to explore this, you're going to explore this world in a similar style to actually the Tales games. I decided to go okay. a little bit more open world exploration where you'll kind of choose like a main character kind of, to kind of explore the world with um, from a selection of characters of the main characters to choose from. Um, of course, it doesn't really matter because you can still get to all the different areas with them. Um, but you'll basically it'll be like a it'll be 3D environments that you're going to be traversing through. You're going to be traveling around the world of Shining Force in 3D for the first time. Um, But you'll have larger story missions and smaller side quests appearing um, at different locations along the way along your journey. Um, And then, of course, you'll visit towns and other things like that uh, along the way to kind of progress the story. Um, But yeah, like it'll be like a 3D kind of cel-shaded style, similar to the Tales games. Of course, Shining Force... Um, is no stranger to this either because uh, Shining uh, Residents Refrain, the newest Shining Force game, um, that game is is cell shaded as well. Um, so this is a the direction they've already gone in, and that's what all the Tales series does at this point. So it just kind of like purposely mashes together. Um, but that's kind of the gist of it. It's going to be a fun, you know, turn based role playing game that mixes all my favorite elements of the Tales series with the Shining Force series together, and I think it's going to be a fun time had mm-hmm. by all. What do you think, Garrett? I like it. And yeah. A pause for me on the other end. Uh, there's a lot uh, to unpack there. I would, well, you know, I, I would like to play this game, but I feel like I I need to know, you know, so much of the Tales series in the Shining Force series, just because it's a crossover and there's just yeah. so many characters from all of these games. True. Um. But, you know, you know, just the service level or whatever, I would be totally in for this, like, because that, that's I would totally play this type of game, just this kind of uh, turn based uh, game that has some 3D action elements into there and and some action animations and then going and exploring this world and it's like a new story or whatever. Um, I'm interested in the free like like no grid you know yeah. type of uh, combat because they're you know they're, they're few and far between like like mm-hmm. there's some good ones out there there's some okay ones out there yeah. um but yeah I, I'm, I'm interested how it would play out in, in yeah this like type of i game. would imagine mm-hmm. the game that it's most similar to the one that i imagine my mind's palace garrett as you will. That's a that's a Alan Wake two reference, by the way. Um, is uh, is something like uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns is actually what I would probably okay. equate it to in a lot of ways because that game also not grid based but also a strategy role playing game similar to this kind of thing and and has a lot of melee attacks similar to this because a lot of these games are mostly ranged based like you're use, mostly using guns and stuff like that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, like Mario Plus Rabbids is as, as an example like you have some melee stuff but it's more strategic and not really your main method of attack in most ways. Um, whereas Marvel's Midnight Suns, like I think is very similar to that, what I'm kind of pitching here. Got it. Got it. And, and yeah. there's a lot of cover base type of stuff within this game, right? Yeah. yeah. You have, you have some things to hide behind. It's not like a central focus, but it's something like you, mm-hmm. that becomes part of the strategy in certain missions in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause like there are missions in like Shining Force CD that reminds me of this where, um, you actually have cover in certain areas because there are uh, the, the you get uh, like the introduced artillery in that game, Garrett, where okay. um, the artillery can fire across the entire map, but only in a straight line. And if you're not behind the cover, you'll get hit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like bringing elements like that, that exist already um, in the Shining Force series kind of into this. It's kind of was my thought process. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I, I'm thinking of like, when you go to like town to town, is there going to be like kind of side quest characters? Very, I mean, Tales kind of does this, right? Like you mm-hmm. kind of like go to a town and then you can talk to the characters in dialogue and there could be some side quests um possibly yeah i imagine like you're gonna have like some side quests for each is like with some of the characters like not every character in your party mind you because you're gonna have a very large party in this game Mm -hmm. um but a lot of the central characters like i would imagine like uh alfin or uh velvet or bowie kind of have their own side missions kind of thing Mm -hmm. or or sarah like Mm -hmm. i think that's more the the type of thing i imagine with that Mm -hmm. and do you imagine like you know kind of like four ish or five ish characters walking around with you or like is it going to be like 20 like like with a shining force no it'll probably be like it'll probably i imagine that when you're doing the 3d exploration element it'll be like the tail series where you only see the one person but okay. the, the party is kind of in the menu and they're still got they're still with you they're just not on screen which is why like you'd run into some of the members in town like it would make sense to do that um because you're kind of exploring in that way Mm-hmm. Um, and it also reminds me of a lot of, of Star Ocean, which I just played, um, where in that game, when you enter a town, um, you can switch to, to private mode, which then has all the characters kind of do their own thing. Um, and I imagine that being kind of the norm in this game where you, you're playing like that with the, as, as if that mode's on all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and do you imagine these battles being like having a lot of characters or minimal or kind of a mix? Oh, we're no, no. we're throwing the we're we're turning up the valve, Garrett. There's gonna be oh, okay. lot you're gonna have lots of characters in combat. You'll have um I forgot to mention this earlier, but you'll have uh eight members in your main party okay. um at once, but you'll have a backup party you can switch to, um, just in case you know you need to strategize like uh prepare for a different strategy mid-battle rather than having to go out of the battle, change everything up, and then going back in in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um so uh, that's kind of how I imagine it. So you'll have like eight eight player battles and you'll have lots of enemies. But um, at the same time, the, the combat with the way I've designed it should go by fast enough that even though there will be lots of enemies, the battles won't be long. Again, similar in Midnight Suns because Midnight Suns actually plays very similar to that as well. OK, cool. Yeah. I, I, I would uh, I would try this out. I would try a demo. How about that? Excellent. Um, yeah, I sold yeah, you definitely. with a demo at least. Yes, yes. I, I think the only thing that would hold me back to like pay money for this is just that it is a Tales and Shining Force series yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's pretty much it. No, I mean, that's typical with a lot of crossover games, too, where it is harder, like for the audience that doesn't know a ton about one of the series to hop in because the Tales series, it's it's one of those things where like I feel like I made the, the story open ended enough where you don't have to play all the Tales games to hop into a game like this because Mm-hmm. It, it is very much rooted in the Shining Force world. Um, of course, there will obviously be references for for fans. Yeah, references. It's not like yeah, uh, it's not like you need to know. And likewise, you know, it's not telling the story of Shining Force Two. You're just not going to have this nostalgia for the characters when you jump in if you haven't played those games before. It's like yeah. going to be its own original story, which is why I feel like it's still approachable for people who haven't played these games before. It just won't be you just won't be as excited about it probably as someone who has played them. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. I, in the same like with your Fire Emblem pitch as well, because like I feel very similarly about that. Because it'd be like the fourth or fifth adventure with you know the the 
uh, Fire Emblem um, Three Houses cast. Um, but like, if you didn't play any of them before, you're obviously it's it's probably not your game's probably not like super deep with introductions either. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just imagining like a new line of characters or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think uh, also I have a question for you about you know other than this crossover game, I'm I'm curious about you know would it be realistic for Sega, uh, you know tapping into the Shining Force franchise, um, there be a Shining Force remake. I mean, I wouldn't even say remake. I would say Shining Force, the game. Here it is. And it's, you know, fresh and new. It it has, like, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about with this Tales. And this is what really bursts in my mind with this crossover game. Is like, other than the action stuff that you implemented with from the Tales games, but just have the Shining Force, like, cel-shaded animation have the you know the tactical base grid based combat or whatever but like like updated arts updated skills updated you know conversations do you think that would be realistic from sega to do i think it's i think it's realistic that they could do something like that yeah um i mean again they tap into a little bit of the the energy from valkyria chronicles because you That's know true. you have some elements that are similar to like especially the free movement as an example like i really yeah. thought of um valkyria chronicles when coming up with that idea too so like i feel like they could do they could do something like this even without you know the involvement of bandai namco in fact in a lot of ways like i feel like you know beyond you know certain series that already exist in strategy role-playing games i actually think like a lot of new players to strategy role-playing are probably going to go in more of this type of direction. Like, um, mm-hmm. like we're seeing with Persona 5 Tactica as well. Like, I think like a lot of newcomers to the strategy role-playing game genre are going to try more of this like non-grid style open approach to the, mm-hmm. their battles. Like, I think we're going to see this more and more as we see more companies try this kind of thing. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah. I so think the one go. thing I'm, I'm, I'm a little weird about for, I, I'm still a little lukewarm about free movement. And I think the only thing about that is the way Valkyria Chronicles does it. I initially, um, you know, uh, the way Valkyria Chronicles does is that once you move, you're running a gauge and that gauge, it doesn't matter where you've run to, you're running out of that gauge, whatever you move to. It's not like uh, a fixed area around. It's like, yeah, sometimes you're just stuck in the open. Yeah, you're just stuck in the open. And so you're just like, crap, I have to figure this out or this character's screwed. Um, and then there's the other side where it's, what's that one vampire goth game? Oh, Vampire the Masquerade? No, no. It, it, it's the Japanese uh, role-playing game um, that Kevin really liked and we were both very lukewarm about it. Oh, Monarch? Monarch, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that, that one... Chestnut. <laughs> yeah, I that that's what screams to me too, because that's free movement too, but yeah. it's a fixed circle, so you kind of can cheese your way, like yeah. kind of like moving behind cover and then kind of like crevicing between two objects or or something like that. So yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, and I imagine it being like I said with something like this, I imagine it being more that style because again, I think I think that's kind of starting to become the new hotness at this point, Garrett, where like mm. a lot of people are going towards that. And also I think, okay. a, I think it resonates more with people than 
the grid style combat, if I'm being honest, especially people are that are newer, newer to the genre. Um, so I have to, con- we have to concede a little bit to new people. Garrett. I wonder if the new Fire Emblem game will be like that without a grid. I um, think they're going to try one at some point. I don't know if I the next so mainline game will be that, but I, I could see them doing like a spinoff or some other. I just, I think they'll try a Fire Emblem game that's like that in the next five years. Yeah, I can I can see that too. Just yeah, because yeah. when I even see it in three houses, um, I was like, wow, it's grid. That's kind of uh, interesting. You know, it's like because you see the art style and you see the three D, and it's just like, wow, that looks you know. Yeah. Kind of super free roam range. It's like, no, you're, you're still a grid. I'm like, that's interesting yeah. to see. So, yeah, because yeah. I feel like Genealogy of the Holy War, when you get that remake, that'll yeah, be, that's grid. that'll just be standard grid based. Um, but I could see like the next game they do after that being free form or even the game after that one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I think this is a direction that more and more strategy role play games are kind of moving towards at this point. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if NIS does this with the Disgaea games at some point too. But. Yeah, that's true. I, I think Disgaea um really holds on to like the different combos and grid based like kind of yeah. systems going on, but I could see it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Garrett, first of all, thank you so much for for coming up with this amazing uh, like I love uh, it. Pritch, I, I love your idea and I'm glad you liked mine. Um, I'm glad we came up with two good games that people should go play. Um, yes. But they're definitely rivals because you've got Nintendo on your end and I've got Sega on my end. We're once again back in 1994 <laughs> with the console wars all over again, Garrett. Please yes. be excited. Uh, the, what before Nintendo, we go, what is it, what Sega does and what Nintendo don't. That's, uh, that's the no, motto. No, 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 no. It's uh, what Sega does, Nintendo don't, Garrett. We don't, we don't like Nintendo. We like Sega. Oh wait, is it the other way around? It's the other way around because that's a Sega slogan. I'm I'm dumb, you know. There you go. <laughs> and it is time to move on to viewer inquiries, Garrett, because uh, we have so we of course asked the community what their dream crossover games would be. Um, so we got two quick ones from Nagachaka and Awesome David, and then a question from from Jarden. So first up, Nagachaka asks, which RPGs should have a crossover? To make the ultimate husbando and waifu game, and why are they Persona Five, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, and Final Fantasy Seven remake? Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like Garrett, you are on the the right page with Fire Emblem because I think like oh, yeah. there's plenty of husbandos and waifus in Fire Emblem. one hundred percent. You know, I I would like just replace. Uh, well, I would I would replace Xenoblade Chronicles Three with um, Fire Emblem Fates. And then yeah. there you have it. That that's that's the ultimate husband does and waifus. Right yeah. There. Or I mean, if you're going to include a Xenoblade Chronicles game, like honestly, do there's two. way more husbandos and waifus ga- in two. Yeah, instead do, of three. Do two. Yeah, yeah. Three is fine uh, though. I, I I like your I like where your head's at, Nagachaka, because like I honestly I think that that's probably the only way you could really do that because there's not like I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, next up, we got Awesome Dave, who says <laughs> a crossover between the Elder Scrolls and Warcraft would be interesting. They both have some pretty deep lore, and I just think these two franchises would be fun together. I actually like that idea, too, because I like like they're both medieval, you know, fantasy yeah. franchises. It makes a lot of sense. You fight similar ad- they enemies have in similar both Warcraft. Races too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I think no, I think that'd cool. be interesting, an interesting idea. Maybe they go through the the black, uh, the 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 black portal, but somehow instead of ending up in Outworld, they end up in Tamriel instead. 
that that would be cool. And then like you can do a Warcraft type of game. Yeah. With, with the Elder Scrolls universe. I would I would definitely try that out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. Oh, speaking of uh before we go to Yarden's question, Garrett, um you said you had an honorable mention. We forgot to mention I do. those. We'll just talk yes. about them very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So here's my very uh quick honorable mention. Um I did Elder Scrolls Cross Elden Ring. Okay. Um, and, and I don't know too much about Elden Ring, but I do know that it's from software and its combat is just superior compared to any Bethesda RPGs. So that's why I wanted it. So, of course, the combat would be 100% Dark Souls, uh, third-person action-oriented, bow, uh, sword, and staff. It would be kind of like this, you know, uh, Tamriel characters kind of tapped into the like the um elden ring universe or whatever i know they're they have a lot of different characters and build up with george rr R. martin i know there's a lot of different things happening i read i read the plot a little bit i still don't understand what's going on but i think you can make a great story with that of course with the bethesda kind of typical uh tropes you got persuasion you got crafting you got weapons and stuff like that i want that in there i don't want to be strict dark dark souls where you go to a freaking bonfire or whatever and you replace yep. your souls no no <laughs> none of that crap the you can actually bring the bonfires to elder scrolls excellent garrett no 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 actually you could pause the game like let's let's just you know like make this as approachable as we can uh and add a lot of bethesda great mechanics with the combat of dark souls and 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 characters and environmental storytelling of elden ring and i think you have yourself a good crossover right there I feel like I just feel like I need to tell you, Garrett, to just get good. Because oh. if you get good, you don't need the pause button. You just, oh, you just play and play and just keep playing. Uh, keep as playing. for me, mine actually makes too much sense. And you mentioned this franchise earlier and how it wouldn't work. But I mm. begged to differ. Mm. I picked Mass Effect and Star Ocean as crossover okay. franchises. Where, you know, the, 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 the plot of the Star Ocean games, Garrett, is always that... Um, there are characters from space that get marooned on a fantasy planet. So instead of having characters from space in the Star Ocean franchise getting marooned on an alien planet, it's the it's the crew of the the, the Normandy that get get marooned on this alien fantasy planet. And, you know, Shepard and his, you know, plucky gang of characters, of course, are spread out throughout uh, across the planet. You eventually meet up with them. You start with Shepard, and of course, you go to a local village and you meet up with you know some some local inhabitants, and you team up with you know elf like characters and dwarf like characters and li- weird lizard men and people with this like weird like pointy thing that they're like immortal beings who work at the circus, and you go and rescue the universe from the Reapers, I guess. So. That, that was my other one was actually Mass Effect and Star Ocean because they're both sci-fi f- franchises and uh, it just makes it like too much sense. I was like, this is too easy. I didn't want to write this one. Like, I, that's why I didn't do like the the fully fleshed out version. We can, we can add a uh, Starfield into that. And there you go. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mass Effect and Starfield actually would be a good one, too. That, that, yeah. that would be an interesting one. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, cool. the people in Starfield just find the mass relays, Garrett, and they fly across the universe. That'd be interesting. I eventually want to talk about Starfield and I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I want you to play it. And I'm, I'm just wondering if I just need to like have someone to talk. I'm just like, man, I don't know if I really want to play that game until the maps come at this point. Cause I know they're coming. I understand. And I'm like, I kind of want to just wait because I know I would, I will regret 
if I don't if I don't just wait for it. But I'm I'm kind of getting in the heat of the story, and I just want to. I just I, I need a spoiler cast of some kind to just talk to someone about it because it's yeah. it's it's it is really the best story out of all the Bethesda games by far. Okay. So I, I keep hearing that from people. Yeah. But last question comes from Jarden, who asked the question. What RPGs are you two, two still going to get to and try and get to before <laughs> the end of the year? Which I'm glad you brought up Starfield, Garrett, because we were talking about that yes, a little bit. Of course. Um, Starfield, again, like I feel less optimistic that I'm going to play through it this year because I mm-hmm. don't feel like that the updates that I want with the maps and everything else is going to come before the end of the year. Like I imagine that's like early next year. So maybe. I feel like I'm probably going to end up waiting till next year for Starfield at this point. It makes Um, sense. Again, I just finished Star Ocean. Uh, I've I've knocked that off my my radar. Um, I'm playing a game that I'll talk about in a week. We'll talk about it then. Um, That'll be actually part of this list. Um, We'll also like after that, then I may be looking at um, Baldur's Gate is one I want to play before game of the year. I know I'm not going to finish it. There's no way in heck I can finish. Are you going to get on PlayStation? I mean, we'll talk about that later, but I think, okay. uh, I think I may actually already be able to play it right now if I wanted to. Okay. Um, okay, cool. But Sounds I was waiting good. for the Xbox version to your point, Garrett, that was the original mm-hmm. plan. Um, but now I may be able to play earlier if I want to. So, okay. Um, I kind of want to play it before the game of the year talk. Cause even if, even if I don't finish it, I want to at least I want to at least know. I want to know what all these people are talking about with Baldur's hey, Gate. People are saying this is game of the year, and it's like, oh gosh. Well, that's because they serious? don't they haven't seen the gospel of Alan Wake two yet, Garrett. That's, and that's true. The we're gonna win these people here. over. Me and uh, TPR and I are like the two people on board with the or, or Kevin Ainsworth. Um, yeah, we're like Kevin the people Ainsworth, on board yeah. with with Alan Wake two at this point. Like I'm ride or die for Alan Wake two at this point. I loved Control. Uh, I really, uh, I love playing Control. I have not played Alan Wake 1, though. So I want to play yeah. Alan Wake 1 to Makes play sense. Alan Wake 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you should play it because there are a lot of callbacks. Like, even though you could probably play it without playing Alan Wake 1, like, it's, you'll be better off at playing the first one first. But and Alan Wake 2 is out. way more like something like Resident Evil 2, which gets me, which just, of course, has me excited for it. I love it. Yeah, you got the first remastered out. There's some and there there's some DLC if you want to try that out. I, I it was for free on PS Plus, so I'm gonna you know play through that on PlayStation. I think um, before my PS Plus membership runs out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that, the only other RPG I I could see myself maybe playing this year is maybe Mario RPG because I have it. Because I have, or I will say I'll have it because I have, I use my um, eShop vouchers on it. Um, so mm-hmm. I have it preloaded um, and I'll be playing it. Or I'll, I should I'll have it in a week and a half, but I don't know if I'll have time to get to it this year. Because I also want to play Avatar um, in December. Oh I'm actually pretty gosh. excited about that game. That's um, just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I actually really like Avatar, the the, the movies. And the movies I are like good. Far Cry. I like Far Cry because this is basically just Avatar Far Cry. And I'm like, yes, please. I, I'm all about that idea. So it sounds cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think that Avatar is going to be pretty good. So um, that's what I'm excited about. And then it's a bunch of other games, a bunch of cleanup from games I didn't, I missed earlier in the year. So uh, Robocop Rogue City, um, Jedi Survivor, if I can find time for it. I'm playing through Spider Man 2 right now as well. So I'll have that off the docket pretty soon. Um, but that's it for RPGs, just Baldur's Gate 
And um, and uh, that's it at this point, probably. And it's Mario mm-hmm. RPG, maybe. But what about you, Garrett? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to wait on Baldur's Gate 3 until like uh, kind of the... I would say definitive edition. They typically do that with Larian Studios. They kind of just, you know, have their first early release, kind of a full release, and then the definitive edition where they kind of just have all the DLC and then like the updates and everything. I think I'll just just wait till that. It'll be pretty optimized. That'll probably be a year or a couple years from now. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't know. I'm just not really motivated to jump on it as as compared to others. Um, for me, it's uh, it's funny. I really want to finish, uh, and I, I've gotten so close. I'm very, very close. I Octopath Traveler two. Yeah, I'm like seventy hours in. I'm like halfway through the last chapter of these characters. I know there's like a few things after that, but I'm getting pretty close to the end. Um, I want to go back and finish it before the end of the year. Uh, of course. You know, November 16th and November 17th, I just tweeted yeah. out about this Persona 5 Tactica <laughs> and Super Mario RPG. Which one am I going to choose? Um, it's spoilers. a mystery. Yeah, Who knows? It's, it's probably Persona 5 Tactica, but <laughs> yeah. that's besides the point. I, I think I'm I'm also very excited for Mario RPG, though, because yeah. I played Sea of Stars and I've really enjoyed the interaction of that. And it kind of, and, and our Mario and Luigi talk kind of like, and I was like, hey, let me kind of revisit the Mario and Luigi franchise on the 3DS. And it, I think they're fun. I think they're fun games to be had there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure the Super Mario RPG is like kind of like the top notch, you know, it's like the the, the golden game of of and where the inspiration came from. So I, yeah. I definitely want to play that. Um, I don't think I'll finish it before the end of the year, but that's that's what's on the docket. Other than that, man, like I, I don't know. Valkyria Chronicles, I'll definitely finish it out. Yeah. Um, I'm in chapter 10 right now in middle yeah. of it. And so it's getting good. Um, I'm a Starfield, of course. I, I don't think, uh, I'll, I may finish the story, but I definitely won't finish the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a while. I think, uh, I want to at least do a new game plus of it and kind of go through it again. Cause I hear the new game plus is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many, there's just so many systems to be had in there. Ah, oh, gosh, I love it. From the base building, the ship, the ship combat in general, that's just three games right there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Starfield is like a big one. I've been dabbling in Lies of P, uh, a little bit. I want to play a little bit more and get warmed up to it. I really want I make a goal to like really, like finish a Soulsborne game. Whatever okay. that is, like a Dark Souls or uh, I tried Bloodborne. I, I kind of fell off of it. And I think it's just the convenience of PlayStation. And like, mm-hmm. I don't have the PlayStation really in my room or I really need like a handheld thing. So Liza P would be good. A Dark Souls remaster would be good or an Elden Ring. So I think yeah. one of those three, I think I'll go Although through. good luck trying to be Elden Ring anytime soon, because that's like a hundred hour game. Yeah, I'm be. not going to. It does why I said Liza P is probably the one because it's like a. 30 yeah. hour ish experience. And I hear it's I also, really good. I also looked at Liza P2 as well, Garrett, but mm-hmm. it's just like, um, they trying to fit it in with the other, to- other games I'm playing right now. I'm just like, I can't devote my time to it. Cause it, it's one of those things where with souls like games where it's just like, I feel like I have to really focus on them in mm-hmm. order to do well in them or well enough not to get frustrated. Um, cause, so I can't really play it while also playing other stuff. So, 
Um, there just isn't the window for yeah. that at the moment for me personally. I think I need to finish Star. Like, like I, I got to put Starfield to rest like for a good while in order to like really get into Liza P. Yeah. Um, I, but I'm just not quite dumb. I think I want to be done with the story and then some because I, there's a lot of factions, you know, involved with Starfield um, before I really touch uh, Liza P and get into it. Um, other than that, I think uh, I think that's. I mean, I have a whole backlog of RPGs, of course. That. And I you'll can, get I it assigned another role playing game before the end of the year, assuming you finish Valkyria Chronicles this yeah. year. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I, it'll probably be I'll... a shorter one, the next one, because it's. I, I've decided to go back to the old school RPGs. You're going to get. Um, I told you before, you're getting a Sega CD one next. So great. Which Sega CD role playing game? You're. It's. You're surprised to find out. Yeah. At this point. I'll, uh, I mean, I'll finish Valkyria Chronicles. I think, uh, I would say in a couple weeks or so. Yeah. I, I think my yeah, goal yeah, is I definitely think you can finish it before, before the end of the year for sure. So, mm-hmm. but, um, other than that, that, yeah. I mean, dude, Persona 3 reload. I'm oh my God. so ready for it. Four February. months away. I tweeted about that tonight, Garrett. Four mm-hmm. more months before Persona 3 reload. We got a new trailer for it today. And I'm just like, it's yes, three. Please, I just need that game. Persona 3. Yeah. Well, no, no, no three months. You got three months. February. That's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> three months. I hate how time works, Garrett. <laughs> yeah, we don't have much time left. <laughs> and no. then you got Grand Blue, Grand Blue Fantasy relink. The if you same try day. The, the same, same freaking day. And then you uh, got also Suicide Rebirth. Squad killed the Justice Leagues the same day, Garrett. Yeah, and then you got Rebirth <laughs> later in the month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's also, um, you know, speaking of this year, we've also got the Tales of Arise DLC coming out at the oh end of the gosh. week, too. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance to play that at this point. Dude, um, the Xenoblade 3 DLC just came and gone for me. I'm like, oh, yeah. that happened. OK, bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just wow. Originally, I was also very excited for the the Tomb Raider um, anniversary collection that comes out next February because it comes out on on valentine's day and i'm just like there's too many games in february for me to be that excited about it because i don't know when i'll go back and play tomb raider 2 on uh on xbox um, well at least those don't take long though right oh uh, well you'd be surprised actually oh really um, okay never but, mind uh, but uh i do really like them a lot but um mm. yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this play that oh, also the same month garrett we're also getting uh arzette the jewel of Faramore. that of course is that oh my game goodness based off the zelda cdi games which i'm also like super excited about too <laughs> no, um and good. then uh and yeah like yeah final fantasy rebirth dark forces remastered that's gonna be a good one um dark forces of course the star wars the first star wars shooter game. yeah from 1993 um very fun game um yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a busy year garrett this Please is gonna be, be a, another busy year yeah january's no such either because we got uh like a dragon infinite wealth tekken 8 prince of persia the lost crown another code um and a bunch of other smaller games too and so. dead space just came out on game pass i really yeah. want to go through that one because i hear it's a very special and it's good yeah yeah i want to do that Anyways, Garrett, I think that's going to do it Thanks, for this week's episode of the RPGK. But before we go, Garrett, plugs go. See, I, I enunciated plugs a lot more since people asked about what I'm actually saying when I say mm, that, Garrett. Yeah, so plugs. shout out to Bowser. Yeah. Uh, follow me at Twitter slash X at Bland Explosion. And then you can also find me on the Discord. 
uh, Carpool Gaming. I'm very active in RPG Cave. Uh, I I dabble around. I I read messages. I can I can buzz your ear off on handheld based gaming and Steam Deck and just 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 find me on PC Gaming. I I'm there for you. I'll recommend a video. I'll recommend emulation or whatever you want. Uh, I'll I'll talk about that. So yeah, that's it. Nice, nice. As for me, you can find me on the old Twitter at Ryan Turf, and you also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, right here, youtube.com slash Carpool Gaming, and of course, podcast services around the globe. So for Garrett Bland, I'm Ryan Turfer. This has been the 114th level of the RPG Cave, and we're out. Bye-bye. The RPG Cave's mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. You can check out his podcast about lists over on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description of this podcast. Tony Baker from the Quest 4 Pixels podcast. You can check them out over at youtube.com slash quest 4 pixels today. Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music of the Xbox Drive. You can find out all of his music over on his link tree link in the description of this podcast. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. You can check that out over at phoenixoverdrive.com. Of course, Extra Life coming up very soon, y'all. Please be excited. Trucker Sloth and Quagmire, who humbly reminds you, of course, to play all of the endings in Near Automata. Our platinum producers, RJ Kern, and our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave1337, Bowza, Brian Eck, Brian Reese, Cecily Carroza, Dan and Luma, Dano, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Hopple, John32, Marcus O'Neill, Marcus McCracken, Mo Spankins, Hedge AP, and Tim Alf. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you want to hop into the car with us, head over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming, choose the tier that's right for you. We got all kinds of cool stuff like the Pants Patreon podcast for patrons podcast. It could be anything and a whole lot more.